Well, good morning once again. Um, if you guys want to open up your Bibles, we'll go to starting at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 1. All right, so this week I had the opportunity, um, as some of you I mean, know or don't know, I like to golf, um, something fun, and I enjoy going on golfing. So this week I had the opportunity to go play in a scramble. How many of you guys ever played in the golf scramble? Okay. All right, so apparently. So a golf scramble is where you get four people together on a team, and you play as a team, and every all four of you guys hit a golf ball. And then out of the four people, you take the best golf ball, and you play from that spot. And then all four of you hit from that spot. And then you go on the best one, and you play from that spot. So technically, you're playing four people are playing one round of golf. So your scores tend to be way better when you play with four people. Because if I shank it, hopefully my partner doesn't shank it, or hopefully the other guy doesn't get it in the woods. And so you work together and you play through these scrambles. Well, I got an opportunity. I went to play in a scramble in Grand Forks for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, SCA group, um, to kind of support them down there in Grand Rapids. With my brothers was back from India and he's around. And he's off at a wedding right now, and so he was up here. And then I had another friend from Grand Rapids come with me, and then another friend uh, from Cass Lake. So uh, four of us. One play, and if you've ever played in a scramble, um, in lots of scrambles, there's lots of different things that can happen. If you ever play golf, there's lots of different things that can happen. Some people get very frustrated when they play golf, and they tend to speak out and yell and throw clubs. and And I've played with lots of people, and people act differently. And you get to really see how people respond when they get frustrated when you golf with them often. So the beautiful part about playing in this FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes Golf Tournament, was the fellowship of who I was with. I was with four other believers. Okay. We were on the course talking about Jesus sometimes, encouraging one another, and I can safely say we did not hear one cuss word come out of any of us. Okay. And when you play a scramble, and I've played in lots of scrambles with lots of different people, that's something that occurs very often with people because of the frustration. We did not, and we had a lot of fun, and it was fun to be out there with four believers just playing golf and enjoying one another. And, and the reason why I want to say that is, is Jesus spent a lot of time with his disciples. Jesus spent a lot of time teaching those that are close to him and the people around him and encouraging one another and building each other up. And I find it very important in life in general that in this COVID time and in this, this area that we're in, that you are finding time to fellowship with other believers. I know lots of people are online watching and they're at home, watching from one home, or they're here now with this group of believers. But I would encourage you now, just on a little side note, that you are finding time to be with other believers. The Bible says it's very important that we find time to fellowship with one another, to be with a group of people, to encourage each other. 
And if you don't have that, if you don't have a group of people that you are gathering with on a regular basis that know who you are, that know your struggles, that you can go to and pray with or be with or send your concerns, even the smallest things. You know, this is the first weekend that I've had all three kids without my wife. She is working for the first time since we've had little Izzy. So she's been at work for basically 10 to 12 hours a day, Friday, Saturday, and today. And that's my little one crying somewhere probably. <laughs> but it's been a challenge. Uh, it's the first time that our babies had, had a bottle. And I can tell you that the support we've got from people around us and our community and different people that have stopped in, I mean, it's been great. It's so helpful to have a group of believers and a group of people that know and care about you. And I can come to church knowing that I'm going to preach, knowing that somebody's going to watch my kids. I didn't call anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I just knew that, hey, I can go there and I have a group of believers that I trust that can take my daughter or my kids and they can watch them while I preach. And that is something that I hope that all of us know, that you are not walking in this world alone. You are not walking through COVID alone. At least you shouldn't be. And you have a group of people that I hope that you can go to and be a part of, be a part of your family and share things with. So I don't know, today, today is my sermon that I, I have it, um, I think I named it, was just a small gift or something small. Um, it comes from what kind of was shared at the FCA group. The, the guy kind of shared a little bit of message, and, and I was just encouraged. I thought about it all week, and that's kind of what I, what I was feeling God wanted me to share with you guys. And so it comes, it starts from John chapter one, or chapter six, verse one. It starts by saying, sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. This is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival, festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked this only to test him because he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those to who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish, and they had enough to eat. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that were left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of five barley loaves left over of those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. So this small boy gave this small gift. So there's 5,000 people there. And this boy was obviously kind of attentive to what was going on. And he was seeing, and he saw the disciples kind of discussing, and he must have heard Jesus say, hey, feed these people. This small boy was like, oh, I guess it's time to eat. I'm good. I'm hungry, probably. 
So he was doing that. And here the, Jesus said, hey, we need to feed all these people. And the boy must have looked around and saw that, you know, not everybody here has food. He must have noticed that. And Simon, and, and, and he came and he offered this small gift. He offered his small gift of five loaves and two fish. Okay? How far do you think this boy thought this five loaves and two fish were going to go? Probably not very far. He was probably thinking to himself, because if I was that small boy, I'd think, well, hey, I'll give this, and at least Jesus has something to eat. Right? At least Jesus, this person that we're, that we're listening to, at least he has something to eat. I'll share my food with him. You know, I'll go up and I'll give him my food, and he can eat something and be full. Okay? This small boy sacrificed himself. It doesn't say that he saved food for himself. It says that he gave. He just gave it. Okay? And Jesus, Jesus took this small gift that this boy gave, and he fed for over 5,000 people. Okay? He turned these, these loaves of bread and this fish to feed 5,000 people because of this small gift. Did this boy know that that was going to happen? I would guess not, right? I would guess he probably wasn't thinking, man, if I give this five loaves and two fish, I can watch Jesus feed all 5,000 people. Like, right? No, this boy just gave because that's what God had got him to do. Okay? the boy Did the boy have anything to do with feeding the 5,000? Maybe just, just a little. He gave, he just gave a little and then watched God. Watch God and watch Jesus do this miraculous thing because he was just willing to give a little. And what I want you guys to think about, what I want my message today to be to you guys is to just give a little. Just take a little and give a little to God and see what he can do with it. And watch him work. Okay, God has done miraculous things throughout this world with people who are willing to just give a little. Give a little here. Give a little there. Go and make a little meal for your neighbor to help them out in a time of need. Do little things. So on that, I started looking through, and I found some other stories in the Bible that had to do with that. So um, if you guys want to open up to Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21. Verse 1. Another little thing is when I thought about giving a little. So since I play, I play a lot of sports. I love playing basketball, football, different sports. And in sports, you have to sacrifice a little bit. So how many of you guys, probably since none of you guys have played the golf scramble, how many of you guys have watched the special on TV about Jordan? Uh, the Last Dance, I think is what it's called. Okay, two of you? All right. So, whatever. I'm going to talk about it anyways. So, the last, how many guys know who Michael Jordan is? Just throwing that out. All right, good. All right, so Michael Jordan. So, on the last year of uh, Phil's year coaching the Bulls, I don't remember what is that, 90, 98. Okay, last year, 98, Phil's coaching the Bulls. And they told him this is going to be your last year coaching. So, they brought in. At that year, they brought in this camera crew to videotape everything that was going to happen that year, a lot of the stuff. And it's Jordan's last year. He wins the sixth championship at the end of that year. But they go up because there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, Jordan's there. Phil knows it's his last year. He calls it the last dance, and he goes through all this stuff. So it's a documentary on what happened through that year. Well, if you played on sports and, and watching the video, 
Jordan was the main player. He's the main guy. Okay, and then you have Scotty Pippen. How many of you guys know who Scotty Pippen is? Okay, I hope so. I know who Jordan is. Okay. But when you when you play sports and good teams, and as you get in the NBA, people know their roles. Okay. In junior high, kids don't know their roles. Okay. Kids are just hoping to get the ball, maybe hoping to get a shot. Okay. Maybe hoping to be be part of it. And they know those things. But as you get in, these professionals that are getting paid know their roles and what they're supposed to do. Okay. Guys that are on playing with Michael Jordan know that who's going to take most of the shots? Michael Jordan, right? So if I'm somebody coming onto the team and I'm like, no, I'm going to take all the shots and I want the ball and whenever I get it, I'm going to shoot. If Michael Jordan's on my team, guess where I'm going to be? Probably on the bench or another team. Okay. Because I don't know my role. Okay. I don't know what my role is on that team. So there needs to be sacrifices. Because if you're thinking all these guys that play professional basketball, when they played in high school, guess what they were? The man. Probably the best player on the floor. Probably took all the shots. Okay, then they got to college. They started playing in college. And they played with some people. And guess what? If you're a professional player, you're probably still the man. Okay, you're probably still the one who gets the ball. You're probably still the main person on the team. And you're probably used to that role. And then you get to the Chicago Bulls or whoever you're playing with, and you play with Michael Jordan, who is the man, okay, one of the best players ever to play the game of basketball, and he's on your team. So guess what? You don't get to be the man. But you're still getting paid, and you get to be part of this role. Okay, so there are all these other guys on this team that have to take on this role. And the, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because there's also another guy named Dennis Rodman. Who, how many know who that is? Okay, kind of eccentric kind of out there, kind of did his own thing, okay? But he knew what his role was. Was he going to shoot 30 times a game? Nope. Was he going to shoot five times a game? Maybe, you know, if that's what he got. But his role was to go out there, to play hard defense, to rebound the basketball, and to make the other team mad. I mean, that's what he did. He was out there to be disruptive, to, to get people not thinking about their game, to be this weird character and to do these different things, but that was his role, okay? And so they each had their role and they each knew what they were supposed to do, which is what made them great, okay? You couldn't have five people that wanted to shoot the ball. You couldn't have one person, nobody that wanted to rebound and nobody that wanted to play hard defense. You had to have and people had to know their role. So each person had to do their small thing in order to be successful. To be part of this team in order to be a champion, they each had to do what they were asked to do and to give their small. So the other story here in Luke 21 that I want to look at is the widow's offering. And I think we probably probably heard this before, but I'm going to read it. As Jesus looked up, he saw a rich, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow putting two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than the others. All these other people give out of their wealth, but she only, her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So this lady goes to give a gift. She gives everything that she has. Okay, The small boy gave everything that he had to eat. His five loaves, his two fish, not knowing that he would have something to eat, but he gave it all. This widow gives it all. And that's a greater gift. 
And I know in my life, it's easy for me to give to somebody in need when it's when I have the money, when I have the stuff. It's easy for me when I have the time to go do something. It's easy for me to give sometimes. Okay, it's hard for me to give when I don't. It's hard for me to give when I am tired, when I don't have anything left, when I just had a long day. And I come home and my wife is there and my kid is crying and my other two kids are all over her. And I'm thinking to myself, I just want to go put on ESPN and watch the last dance. But that's not the best thing to do, right? That's not what I need to do in that moment. Okay? I need to just give a little bit of more. I need to say, hey, Lucas, hey, Ava, come over here, sit on my lap, let's play. Let's do something. Let's go play Legos. Let's go play. And that's and sit in the room and play with it because that's what my wife needs or that's what somebody around me needs. There's these opportunities that we are given to just give a little. That means a lot. And this lady gave a little. And God says that's blessed. Another thing, another story I found, uh, if you guys want to go to Kings chapter 17, starting at verse 7. I believe it's 1 Kings. Chapter 17, verse 7. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. Okay, Elisha's a prophet. He wanders around and does God's and delivers God's message to people. And this is kind of a story that has to do with that as well. So starting at verse 7, it says, Sometimes later, sometime later, the brook dried up because they had no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zephrath, Zephrath, sorry, in the region of Sidon to stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you mind bringing me a little water in a jar so that I have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and not die. Or eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run out dry until the day of the Lord sends rain to the land. So she went and did as Elijah had told her. So that there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. It's keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So Elisha went to this lady, and she didn't have much. He was like, hey, give me something to drink, would you please? 
And she was like, yeah, I can do that. And he was like, hey, oh, could you give me some bread too? And she's like, uh, right? I don't have, I had this little bit of flour and this little bit of oil and I was gathering sticks to feed my son and me and myself so that we have a little food when we die today. Like she was planning on this is it. I don't have anything. And Elisha asked her to give it. And she did. She made this bread and she, she took this oil and she made him bread and, and the Lord provided. And guess what? Her flour never ran out. Her olive oil kept coming. Miraculous thing that God does. Because she was willing to give a little bit. She was willing to sacrifice. Okay, so there's, there's these stories of people that just give a little bit that end up getting a lot from God in ways that we can't understand. Did it say that she was overwhelmed with bread, overwhelmed with olive oil because she gave a little? No. It was just always there, just a little bit of bread, a little bit of oil until the rain came. God uses us when we just want to give a little. God uses the little things that we do for him, the little steps that we take. We step out of our comfort zone and we do these little things. God can use it to miraculously change your lives and to grow your faith and to grow your hope in him. So my message to you in, 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 in closing I just want you guys to think. Think through your lives. And my brother, my brother and I, I love, I love being around my brother. I love the challenges that he has for me and the way he pushes. Um, um, for those who don't know, I have a brother that's a missionary in India, and he lives over there most of the time. He's been over there for about three years now. But um, so he really challenged me. When he comes back to America, um, he talks about. Obviously, or not obviously, he just says the, the overwhelming the stuff that we have, the amount of stuff that we have compared to, to people, the things that just just boggles his mind sometimes. Like even going, we go out to eat and we go and we pay and end up spending $50. He's just $50. Like, do you know what $50 can do? Like you just go spend it. Like it means Nothing in, in some ways. And I, and I do it. I do it a lot. I go play a round of golf. It costs 40, 50 bucks. Okay. To go play a round of golf. And like I do it. I don't think about it. And he, he's just like, it just, it gets, it's hard for him when he comes back at first. Just the overwhelming amount of stuff. Even when we went, when he got back, because I, I met him, when we took our kids down to South Dakota and we went over to Shields and we're walking through Shields and he's just looking at you. He's like, he, was, he said, there's no store like this in India. You can't go to India and find fishing gear, hunting gear, kayaks, you know, football, soccer balls, sitting on a wall in a store, and then a pair of shoes for a hundred bucks. Like, it's just, it, he's like, it, it was hard for him. And I've never, I've never been overseas. I've never been um, and seen, seen the difference over there. Oh, this is what I know. And for me, going out to eat with my family and to spend $50, that's just what we do. Like, that's just, just how it is. But, but to give, just to give that little bit. And he challenged me that this and saying the salvation of people and, and our walk with God 
in the way we perceive ourselves. We don't want to, he doesn't want to see Christians use Jesus as a safety net that says, I know Jesus, I'm going to heaven and I can just live my life. And that's, that's good. You know, he, he wants, he wants, and he challenged me to present the gospel and to say that, you know what, Jesus wants to change your life, to make you a new creation and to be made new. And when you do that, you're supposed to share it. He was like, if you have, if you, if there was a, we live in a desert and there was some water and you knew where the water was, wouldn't you tell people when you found them that were dying of thirst? Wouldn't you go out and say, hey, just over that hill, there's a whole bunch of water. You don't have to thirst anymore. It's like, that's what Jesus should be like for us. There's people out there dying of thirst, dying without Christ. And we know where the water is and we're not, we don't want to share it. Like there's Christians that walk around that don't tell people about Jesus. That don't share the love of what they have. And so, so that's, that's something he challenged me with this where I know it's kind of a little off the subject and just something that I'm passionate or been passionate or challenged about. I want to share with you. So when was the last time you shared your faith? When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus and what he did for you? And if you don't know Jesus and you're here now and you haven't had that personal relationship with him, come to know him. He loves you. He has peace for you. He has patience. He has forgiveness for you. And all your sins and everything that you've ever done, he wants to forgive you. And he wants to have this relationship with you that is unbelievable. And come talk to somebody. If you know somebody in your life right now that you think you should share Jesus with, start praying about it. Start saying, Jesus, give me an opportunity to share Jesus with this person. Give me an opportunity to share your love with this person and to just to share what you have. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't have the word of God, that don't know his truth. Let's play and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this opportunity we have to, to come here and to hear your word. And, Lord, I just pray that the words that were spoken uh, were true and out of love. And I just pray that as we go out into our week, that we will share you with those around us. God, that we will be bold in our faith, that we will love those are, that you have placed into our life. And you have brought us here to northern Minnesota. You have placed us in this place to reach specific people. God, you put us each in different workplaces and in different opportunities, and you brought different people into our lives, maybe even different people that came through the doors today. God, that you have a message for them, that you love them, that you care for them, that you are passionate about them. God, that you want the best for their lives. And I just pray that each one of us live this week, leave this, leave this, these doors, that we will go out and share your love with those around us. And just bless us in your name we pray. Amen.